It's been said that Christian music sucks. On The Antidote, we dispel that myth as we explore the artistry of Christian bands. Listen to in-depth interviews and music from these faith-based groups. For unique and innovative music ranging from metalcore to indie folk, you'll hear it all on The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Wednesdays at 9 on Trent Radio, 92.7 FM, Peterborough. Welcome back to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. I'm really loving that opening track, Float from Cadets. 
Now, Josh Williams of Ocean is Theory started a cadet side project late last year, along with uh, his producer friend, Adam Smith. If you want to check out some more really great synth-driven alt-rock, key and cadets music on SoundCloud. Every couple of months, they deliver another new track or two. Last week, Sarah of Trombone's Accordions and Distortion and I teamed up for a two-hour look at some of our favorite punk and ska bands. Tonight, Total Switch. Yeah, we're going to be airing a few new songs that have just been released during the past few weeks, and we're also going to spend some time looking into the music of a band who was first known as Sons of God and who later on settled on simply being called Sons. The Antidote spoke with Aaron Newberry, lyricist and lead vocalist for Sons, several months ago, and we're going to be airing uh, portions of that interview along with some music from Sons. I was a little uh, disappointed that, that another one of my favorite bands, the La Delay, were closing up shop. But the husband and wife members of the La Delay, Aaron and Jocelyn Nichols, they decided they start up a new project called Trooper. And two other bands, Analecta and Ki Young, joined up with Trooper to record this track, <laughs> The Canopy of Violet Noise.
red line glass fractured across my horizon, blocking the life-giving sun. The refracted rainbows brought bloodline sight, a seer of soil and dust I become. A confessor of the breaking of bones, under a canopy of stopped-up ears and crashing cars, I stand a single upright speck amidst the voluntary Here's the first of the music of Sons of God with It Takes a Thief, then we'll head into the interview with Aaron Newberry of Sons.
Aaron Newberry has joined us to give some insight into the band's sons. Aaron, thanks for sharing your time with The Antidote. Absolutely. Sons was previously known as Sons of God, so why the name change? Um, we went through a lot of changes, and uh, we were kind of changing sonically. You know, there's so much that goes on that isn't ever seen by your listeners, and we try to be transparent and communicative with the people that listen to us, but I think more... For us, um, it was a record that I felt like could be seen by something that wasn't necessarily just a Christian band or uh, as a Christian music artist, which really is uh, kind of my heart. Um, I want people that have questions about God and Jesus specifically to be able to feel like they can approach me. And so a lot of the things that I, I wrote about on the record um, have to do with you know things like doubt and not understanding why people do some of the things that they do and, and kind of seeing from a Christian's perspective that it's not like I'm judging the church or I'm judging other Christians, but the truth of the matter is, like, we're all just broken people, and Jesus is what has put us back together, but that doesn't make us perfect. Um, that doesn't always make us, quote-unquote, good. So, um, for that perspective, Sons was more of an opportunity to be listened to by a broader audience without preconceptions. So, then, you're not necessarily focusing your music directly towards Christians, but you're trying to meet non-Christians where they're at also. I think it's honestly a little bit of both because if you le- if you read the lyrics, a lot of it is to uh, to Christians or to the church rather. We really do like to be accessible um, without preconceived notions, and it's not at all that we're ashamed to be Christians. But uh, I think really that we feel like we have good news, and a lot of people put up guards and defenses um, for that type of thing before they even get to the show. You know, so we like to put ourselves in a position that Jesus found himself in a lot where he was hanging out with tax collectors, you know, people that were hated and, and prostitutes. He obviously hung out with his disciples I and mean, he disciples so many people, but um, he came to save us. You know, he came to fix the broken and reconcile all things. So we, we just want to be a part of that.
Aaron, you personally have all have had a lot of experience in the music scene. Do you want to give us your resume? Oh man, um, I, yeah, I can I can kind of go back through the the steps. But the first band that kind of got me into uh, the world of touring was Floodgate Records band. Uh, I don't even remember the year, but playing drums shortly for a band called Morning September. From there, I went on to spend some time on the road with Brighton with Chasing Victory. I was with them for a while. Um, Spent a little time on the road with The Wedding, um, a very brief stint with Terminal from Tooth and Nail. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, back in 2009, I, I toured with uh, Spoken for the better part of the year. You know, I've rehearsed with Azalea Dying. You know, uh, they they flew me out to San Diego years ago, and yeah, you know, I, I've been around the block the block a time or two. You've you've got a lot of background. Yep, yeah, I, I think. One I forget to mention because it was so recent and it wasn't like as big a deal, but I grew up listening to Cool Hand Luke and uh, I got to play guitar for Cool Hand Luke on their farewell tour. So. Oh, wow. So you've really crossed all the uh, boundaries there style-wise too with all those bands. Yeah, not limited at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your music though. Sons of God EP, the Genesis prologue, was given away for free through the label Come and Live. So was it fruitful to give the EP away? Um, it depends on how you define fruitful. Um, it's fruitful in the sense that you feel like um, you're gaining an audience that you, you may not have ever gained. Um, and at the same time, you feel like you're imparting this gift to somebody. And it really is like you put this time and effort and money into something and then you, you relinquish it. I kind of see it in the same light as you're doing that anyway today. I mean, I figure more than 50% of the people that have our record downloaded it illegally. So... Um, it's a broad term, but um, I definitely feel like looking back on it, it was fruitful. It did a lot for us. It did a lot for Come and Live. It you know, established some lifelong friendships and some fans. So, yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys. This is Aaron from the band Sons, and you're listening to The Antidote on Trent Radio, 92.7 FM. Thank you. 
I understand that the Genesis prologue was created and performed solely by you, but you do have a full band now, right? Yeah, um, man, that was uh, that was in the middle of two tours I was doing with. Yeah, it was spoken, I think, um, and didn't really have the luxury. I had written these songs, and I had a friend that had a studio, and we had three off days in the middle of a tour, so I tracked it in just a few days. Um, we had guys come and go for a while, kind of the same deal as Leslie Dying. But now we've got a pretty solid group. We've just got one more that we've got to get in here to call it a full band like of complete members. In the past, Aaron, you've stated that you want the music of Sons to be epic. Now, to me, the word epic in a musical sense to bring to mind some you know huge musical extravaganza. But what defines an epic song in your eyes? I think anything that, um, that paints a picture that is emotive. And I mean, when I think of epic... My first thought is to go to scores. I mean, you imagine watching them, some incredible film and then take away the, the sound from it. it. It really loses a lot of its luster. And I feel like that's really what we're just trying to do. We're just trying to kind of make a soundtrack for life, but more more so like put a soundtrack to the way that we feel, you know. Um, it really embodies being larger than life, uh, if you will, which I don't think is exactly possible when it comes to music because music really embodies so much of life. But I think those are the aspects, you know, just big sounds, vibrant and communicative in a way that just pulls at the heartstrings. Most bands have a relatively defined focus on a particular musical style, but not so with Sons. You really appear to enjoy allowing your music to range. Yeah, I think I think it was, it's more subconscious. I wanted an eclectic record. I want an eclectic sound because I feel like, oh, I kind of feel like if you don't have that, you may be minimizing the possibilities for your future because we all go through seasons where we might like this and then we figure out, oh, man, I really like this different thing. Um, I wanted to establish a foundation for us to grow on. Um, I say in part, Keep Quiet was more eclectic um, almost accidentally, but it was my intention from the beginning. I think the record just came out uh, better than I hoped. Yes. 
Back in February of 2012, you released your debut full-length Keep Quiet on Slow Speak Records. Now, the album was a long time in the making, but why the delay? <laughs> we were in the process of diplomatically <laughs> figuring out a way to make a more conventional label work. Because Come and Live will kind of tell you they're not really a label, they're more of a missions organization. Yes. Um, but on the outside looking in, you wouldn't know. Uh, you would just see an extremely spirit-filled label because uh, they're always releasing music. And we were kind of dry financially, and um, we were we had some opportunities. We were being courted by some really big names in the industry, some really big labels, and we found a fit, actually, in an independent label. So we wanted to be mindful of the Kickstarter that we'd done. We wanted to be mindful of the fans and the friends that we'd made through Come and Live, and we wanted to be respectful. So it took some time, and we had to really communicate a lot of those things, and on our end, we had to communicate to make sure that it was cool with Come and Live, and Come and Live was, was all about it. And they were, you know, they'd said that from the very beginning. So it was mostly that, mostly just like negotiations and trying to take our time with our with the public. But you found that fit with Slow Speak. Yeah, it seemed to be working out pretty well. On Keep Quiet, Suns provides really beautiful melodies and lyrically delves into some deep topics such as sin, repentance, falling away from your faith in Christ, some of the points that you'd mentioned earlier. What about your own personal experience? Is that where these lyrics are coming from, from a personal standpoint? Yeah, I think mostly um, in an abstract way. There's some songs I wrote in third person that I've, some things I've never experienced, but I've kind of seen people go through these, you know, you have these stories of uh, just these random encounters, these these crazy divine moments in people's lives. So I wrote about that, and I wrote about things that I'd seen kind of being a youth worker and seeing uh, so many of these kids. I mean, you almost never know. Some of them are like on fire, and then months go by, and then it's like they're nowhere to be found. And you start to look at it and realize there were never roots laid. You know, it was either fun or it was either the music. It wasn't true roots um, that were that were founded in biblical principles, and most importantly, Jesus Christ actually having a relationship with him. So I'm just writing about the brokenness of the human na- of human nature that we all experience because we're born into this, this broken world. But there's a redemptive um, connection that I make through all of that craziness because that's the whole point. There's redemption. Is this a dry season or agnosticism from the band Sons?
Yeah, I think one of the interesting points with your music is that so many Christian artists try to put everybody and all their lyrics and everything else is always on the mountaintop instead of realistically portraying their songs in the valleys. But you seem to do both. You seem to carry both through pretty well in your music. I think my concern and what I have to say isn't about being popular. It's just about being substantially correct in some way. Uh, for me, that just means being real, you know, and I'm not afraid to, to talk about the struggle because somebody out there needs to talk about it. And, and it's not me. I'm saying somebody out there is struggling and probably feels like they can't talk about it. So when you open the door and you're like, listen, you're not alone in this. Like, I feel that too. It gives you an opportunity. It really knocks down boundaries that might have otherwise been there. Well, realistically, for all of us, Christian and non-Christian alike, you have some really lousy, crummy times in your life. You know, many of your lyrics actually are fairly up front, but some have a little more veiled content. Can we talk about one of those? Caution is really one of the outstanding tracks on Keep Quiet. Can you describe the lyrical content of that song? That was inspired by a Dietrich Bonhoeffer book called The Cost of Discipleship. And the entire song is wrapped up in this, in his idea of, of cheap grace, of this recyclable forgiveness, which we all know as Christians is true in a sense. But when you're using grace as a license to do evil or to sin, um, it's just really more a matter of the heart. And so that's really what caution is about, just about what are we sowing? What, are you, what, is, it, what is this thing, grace, and what does that mean in my life? There's a true definition of grace, and that grace has impacted us on an individual level. In many cases, it's very much the same. That's just what caution embodies. It's just kind of like, be careful, because this happens a lot, and we have to be mindful of that.
Let me set up a scenario for you. The venue you're playing at has to cut your set down to five minutes long, and you only have time to play a single song to reach your audience. So what would Sons choose to perform? Um, I would probably choose to perform Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And why? For me, it's my favorite song on the record. Um, I think musically it's one of the more provocative songs, um, but... The song is about being a real man, essentially. People don't understand Ghost because it is a little vague, but I, I took an opportunity to have this audience and speak to women specifically in this song and say, you are worth more than what most of the world is telling you you're worth. And I'm not talking about women's rights or anything like that. I'm talking about souls, these women's souls. And I'm seeing pornography and slavery and all these things. And we as a people are objectifying other people. And I'm basically just speaking directly to women and saying, like, do not be an object because there are good men out there that will treat you like you deserve, that will treat you like you're beautiful and like you deserve to be wooed or to be taken care of and to be respected. And that, that really it's close to my heart because I think that's a view in the mirror. That was an opportunity for me to say to myself, hey, man, you got to get your act together, but to empower women at the same time.
your band name being so simple, it must be difficult to find Sons online. So how do listeners track down Sons? Uh, we try to make it easy by attaching official to everything. So on Twitter, on Facebook, our, our website is sonsofficial.com. On Instagram, anything that you want to search for us, it's Sons Official. Okay, that'll clarify things. Aaron Newberry of Sons, thanks for joining The Antidote. I really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. I loved it. I loved it. And my thanks go to Sons for a lot of enjoyable music. But I recently heard some news about Sons. And much the same as the La Delay, Sons have decided to go on hiatus. On their Facebook site, Sons said, It's difficult at this point to say what will happen. But as of now, we have nothing planned for the future. So we've returned to our quote-unquote normal lives where the exhaustion of the road doesn't follow us. And I'm sure they're going to have a lot of uh, disappointed fans with with, uh, hearing about that decision. As always, thanks for listening into The Antidote on Trent Radio 92.7 FM, Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. And if you want to check out recordings of past episodes or to drop The Antidote a line, just head over to theantidoteradio.com. Now, next week, we're going to go back in time. And I guess it depends on your age, if it's the distant or not too distant past, as we look at the 90s and the era of emo and independent bands. Now, some of you might have found that tonight's music was just a little bit too mellow, but we're going to change that up with our final song. Because last Tuesday, August Burns Red released what I feel is probably their greatest album, Rescue and Release. And they offered up some really significantly different influences. you got to check out the Strings intro on Spirit Breaker. And we'll see you next week. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Jake Lures from August Burns Red, and you're with The Antidote 92.7 FM.
Smiling as if those short rays of light were enough to get me by. 